So I went ahead and pivoted a little bit for this show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is you decide to make Big Sky Sports Talk a part of your day. My family and I greatly appreciate it. You found the only podcast in the world completely devoted to the coverage of the four major franchises of one major market, and that's Phoenix, Arizona. We do things a little bit differently. We do it from Big Sky Country, Billings, Montana. We cover ASU football, ASU basketball. To go on with it, goodness gracious, I messed up twice in two days. And all presented by Booyah Billings, the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. Give them a, uh, a look. Give them a check out. Get some food. Get a shake. Fries. Do whatever you got to do to get there. Go to Muya Billings. Go to Muya, I don't know, International, wherever you want to go. Get you some of that food and uh, enjoy the the culture, the great customer service, all of it. Do it, do it, do it now. Um, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of a pivot for um, today's show. Um, I told you yesterday that uh, I was going to uh, do mostly um, the conference realignment stuff, and then you know, kind of mix in. Um, post-practice and um for ASU and then um preseason game one for Cardinals but I, I think I'm gonna do that either later on today or um or tomorrow I don't want things to get too backed up um but there, there's really hasn't been a whole heck of a lot going on. I might do it later on today, um, I think. I don't know. Um, but there's just so much with this conference realignment that, that I want to get to sound-wise. I mean, um, probably, let's see. Um, uh, 30, probably about 50 minutes just of sound uh, on that. So, I mean, we'll, we'll get back into what I say, regular schedule programming um, a little bit later. But uh, I, that a lot of this stuff is, you know, is older. And I just, I have a, like a, I'm a kind of present it in, in a, like a timeline fashion. And then the last thing we're going to do is end with, uh, Michael Crow and Ray Anderson kind of, um, spoke to the media, um, pretty much the day it happened. And, uh. They're pretty forthcoming with some with some stuff. I, I liked how they did it, just kind of what we call a media scrum in the business, and uh, just just took the media's questions. 
So I, I won't, I'll uh, end it with that pretty much. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're doing. Um, I hope you respect the decision to, to make this, uh, this pivot. Um, but, uh, if you listen to yesterday's show, you're, you're for the most part caught up. Like there's, like I said, there were some things that happened, um, uh, during yesterday, uh, during the day that we'll get to, like I said, a little bit later. So other than that should be pretty good. I don't want to delay any longer. Um, not much has changed, um, as far as five, six hours ago at the time of Monday's recording and today. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, everything conference realignment up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. Muya Burgers, Fries, Shakes, and Billings is the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. There are several Muya locations throughout the United States and a couple of locations internationally. Let's start out with the food. The burgers are fantastic. They have burgers for every lifestyle, vegan, keto, low-calorie, as well as gluten-free. My personal favorite is the Cheddar Bacon Barbecue Burger. Their fries are always fresh, and don't forget about the Muya sauce. You can get a shake to go along with it. Though the food is good, I always leave satisfied, but their customer service is at the top. Rico, he's the general manager of Muya Billings. He and his staff are top-notch. They are located at 2695 King Avenue West in Billings, Montana. So go see my guy, Rico. He'll hook you up and tell him I sent you. Muya Billings, the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. I went ahead and played the basketball and football sounder right there. Um, I, I want to get like a college, you know, like marching band, just like a quick little maybe trumpet or, you know, like a drum thing. And I don't know. I just maybe I don't know. Something, something that resembles more of a broad spectrum of um asu so but yeah you the you heard the football and the basketball because well truth be told most of this conference realignment affects you know basketball and football uh unfortunately i'm getting more of a football perspective on this um because that's uh everybody that we um i mean that's the time of the year right now and then also, um, the only bit of sound that we have, you know, from for football personnel. So there's that. So I'm just I'm gonna kind of go through this the best way I I know how, and um, just kind of go, uh, kind of unravel it chronologically through um, Arizona sports, 
uh, and their YouTube page that will get go ahead and do sound credits um, and Sun Devil Source. But most of this is Arizona Sports. And just kind of as news continues to break throughout the day through the three different shows, you get different kind of reaction and then um, a uh, kind of a reaction from a current Cardinals player, former ASU player, just about the whole deal. And then, like I said, we'll end with Michael Crow and Ray Anderson. So here, starting it off, is... Um, Dan and Vince, the Big Lim Narada show. And Dan kind of asked the question, what in the world is going on with college football? Big mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. College football is making my blood boil. All the quirkiness, traditions, the rich tapestry woven through in-state rivals. It is in danger of getting swallowed up by television networks and the pathos of greed and the gall of industry leaders to complain about the chaos of NILs and transfer portals when conference realignment is stripping the sport of everything that makes it special, grotesque. So keep your fingers crossed that the remaining nine schools in the Pac-12 are having an epiphany this morning. If they decide to stick together because what they have is worth more than money, if they decide to stick together because they are a family that has sustained over a full century, a conference that is always been an idea and a promise of something better I will give them a standing ovation. It's also because conference realignment is so perfectly America, eliminating all the little stuff that makes something special and unique, turning it into something homogenized and boardroom approved, just so you can squeeze every last dollar from an enterprise so stiff corporate types are happy when revenue projections are shown overhead. So, what will make college football special when Washington is traveling to Maryland for a season-ending game instead of the Apple Cup. What will make college football special when the whims of a television network and panicky university presidents tear apart everything we love as football fans? I know what it would do to the Pac-12. It would make them the Pacino Conference. Pac in name only. This story, I think, <laughs> has risen even during your blast, Bic, it has risen to the level of absurdity on how much swing there is from one side to the Literally other. Literally during your blast? What Literally, happened? The story changed again. Well, <laughs> but I came in. I, I went to the uh, restroom. I came in. I was like, oh, now there's reports from the The Big Ten is having a meeting this morning. Oh, boy. The report from Ralph Russo of the Associated Press was that no invitation had actually been sent to Oregon and Washington. Uh, Brett McMurphy, during your blast, tweeted out, the Pac-12 unable to get grant of rights signed this morning and, quote, nothing has changed as far as Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten, sources told Action Network. Ducks and Huskies still expected to be Big Ten bound when finances are worked out, sources said. Pete Thamel, during your blast, um... He, on what he said about, you know, there was optimism about getting the grant of rights being signed this morning by the Pac-12. He writes, sources indicating to me and Heather Dinich that the Pac-12 is unlikely to land the plane this morning and get its media right deal signed on the call today. 
multiple variables at play here, including 11th hour Big Ten push for Oregon and Washington. Mm-hmm. Everything remains mm-hmm. fluid. So, yeah. This is dumb. Yeah, this is dumb, and that that was my fear. My fear was the Oregon-Washington thing wasn't so much an epiphany. It was a negotiating tactic yes. that we'll come, but you're not going to lowball us like that. We're Oregon. We're the Ducks. Haven't you quack, seen? Quack. Haven't you seen our uniform ensemble? <laughs> Don't you know that ducks are the only creatures that can swim, fly, and walk? Is that true? No. There's. Other, <laughs> I think there's. I, I think there's good though. I, I, yeah, I think there's other birds that can like swim a little, but you know, yeah. But in terms of actually being, you know, I enjoyed it. Okay, thank you. Did you enjoy the Pacino conference? Like I Al enjoyed Pacino? that too. Pack it name <laughs> 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 I just sent you something else. Read that latest one there. Oh boy. Is this the one from Ross Dellinger? Yep. yep. Uh, it's a roller coaster. Minutes before Pac 12 presidents meeting was scheduled to begin, Oregon officials expressed further concerns about the Apple deal. <laughs> Oh Sources tell Yahoo Sports, Pac-12 now not expected to sign grant of rights this morning. Uh, and as uh, he pointed out too, Ralph D. Russo of the AP reported a Big Ten meeting later. So it, you know what it looks like to me? And props to Arizona for be, for willing to not go to the Big 12 if indeed Oregon and Washington stayed put. Isn't that, isn't that the way it looks to you? Yeah, that, it's like it, it's like a you know, an unhappy spouse who, you know, all right, you know what? We're going to go to counseling before we call this thing off. <laughs> they, well, they've they been very – got to give Arizona credit. So they've been I. very mature and and, and very yes. patient in this whole thing. Well, yes. I was always and, very – And very concerned of ASU. Yes. I was always fascinated with Colorado first doing it and then potentially Arizona, Arizona State, making all these moves before Oregon and Washington decided what they were doing because, to me, they're much more the – linchpin to the conference than Colorado or Arizona. Absolutely. So uh, the fact that they were abandoning the conference before they decided what Washington and Oregon was doing always seemed weird. And now that's what seems to be. This is crazy. This Uh, is of a much different nature. But talking about the way this story mm -hmm. is developing and then devolving and developing again, it's a similar feel to what we were going through in March of 2020, when every two seconds Jarrett was yeah. hitting yeah. the breaking news oh, sounder yeah. and something else it was being canceled. And yes. so, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, a, you know much a, not as serious, obviously, but yeah, I can't. It, we've been on the air for two hours and six minutes. We've gone from throwing dirt on the coffin to mm-hmm. hey, they're back. And now there's dirt on the coffin again. That's that's a shame because I was really, really starting to vibe on this idea that that the Pac-9 were having this epiphany that you talked about. If we get 20 years down the road, are we going to look back and go, what idiots we were? Hey, there were six minutes during between the middle of the Pat 40 interview and the uh, Bickley, Bickley Blast that a Pac-12 ACC merger looked like it was going to happen. Yes! <laughs> that was like several outlets reporting that. I, I read last night from a very good source that the Big Ten's end game is to attract four more schools. Oregon and Washington are two of them. They do not want Stal, uh, Stal and Canford. <laughs> I wouldn't want, want those either. <laughs> Skulder and Mully. Mulder and Scully. Right, exactly. They do not want Cal and Stanford. They want to eventually poach Miami and Virginia. See, that's, that's a big piece to me. Everyone's talking about Florida State leaving for the SEC. Miami... I know they haven't done a lot in the last 20 years, but that is a big-time program with a big-time history in a big market. Yeah. That I'm surprised that they're not more coveted. 
But again, I think the market size thing gets blown out of oh, whack. Of course, of course. In, in all of but this. they have a national fan base. Let me put it that way. They have a national fan base, Miami. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, there was a once famous argument that happened on the airwaves of this radio station about the brand and the reach of the then Oakland Raiders. <laughs> You want to go? I think Miami's kind of the, the the example you could plug in from a college. What you know? Yeah. What is the reach and the brand of the Miami Hurricanes? You know, once great, but it's just it's exactly like the Raiders. Yes, you're exactly right. You're exactly. There's a bad boy image to the Hurricanes that is of certain value. You want to go? <laughs> <laughs> well, just just look at just look at much like uh, Texas and a little bit Nebraska. Every year, the preseason polls always are desperate to try to make Miami relevant again by putting them. They're always ranked high to start the year. Them, Tennessee, Texas, and then by the end of the year, they fall off. I don't know. The way that, I mean, this is honestly playing on my anxiety and emotions. Like, I'm all over the place. Yeah. Oh, listen, me too. During the last commercial break, I'm like, all right, who can the Pac-12 add? San Diego State, they going for Boise? Do they add the Vegas market to the mix? What's happening with an ACC agreement slash merger? And now you're like, okay, get excited for you know a, a trip every two years to Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. Waco. <laughs> oh boy. Oh Lovely boy. in the fall. Yeah. Listen. So seriously, last night it felt when we all went to bed last night. Depending on when you went to bed, we all kind of felt all right. Arizona's Arizona's gone. Yeah. They're gone. And, and ASU and Utah, they might be gone too, but they were never on the same timeline as Arizona, ever, right? So, so that's and – we, and we thought last night that, that the last rights were going to be administered to this conference sometime today. Mm-hmm. Then we have this moment of hope, and I'm really like, I, I can't believe that, that maybe Michael Crow is the actual voice of reason in all of this, that he's actually – presenting and unifying people to focus on what we should stand for that let's not get in this let's let's not be part of this movement where television networks kill college football or at least how we know college football what we value about college football because that's what's happening college football is going to exist but it isn't going to be what it was no and and look at all the possibilities from the asu standpoint now as it as it's it certainly appears that a splintering of the Pac-12 is going to happen, but that doesn't guarantee that ASU goes to the Big 12. We don't have much in terms of concrete reaction or statements or attitudes of anything that happened at the Arizona Board of Regents meeting mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. It, the meeting happened. That's about it. There's been reports about, you know, was was is Michael Crow being dragged toward the finish line to, to join the Big 12? He might say, all right, Arizona's going, Oregon's going, Washington's going. We're going to be the centerpiece of, of this new Pacific whatever conference. Mm-hmm. It, it might happen. Anything is possible right now. Right. And, and, and I think I, I do believe that Michael Crow would prefer that, to be honest with you. But at the same time, then, then if, if, that, if that, whatever that conference looks like, if that conference does not qualify for an automatic bid, then now you've, now you've lost your fan base entirely. Yes, and I know what the recommendation from the Board of Regents is as well. Hey, keep these schools together. Michael Crow's a powerful guy. You mm-hmm. think he wants to be told what to do by a group of regents? No, and, and again, and, and I understand this too because Michael Crow has, has really built something really special at ASU yes. academically. Yes, 
And in terms of, you know, footprint, campus growth, footprint. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. enormous. What it's, he's done. it's unbelievable what he's done. But it's it's it, 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 he's he's always rejected the gigantism. It's a great word that Pat Forty uh, dropped on us that college football has become. Yes, but it's also frustrating for Sun Devils because you see what Michael Crow has done in terms of footprint and academic stature for ASU. The same could be going on simultaneously in athletics, and it's not. It's yeah, and I do I do think that as of early this morning there was I because I saw it there was a, a rising tide of anger towards Michael Crow because the, the reports that he was still I don't know what you know because when you go to join a new conference you really want here's the other thing too I want to make this point real quick what school has left a power conference gone to another power conference and had to improve their football product. Now they've gotten rich, but what school has left a power five to another power five and actually had the move work for them competitively? Doesn't work for Nebraska. No. Probably is not going to work for Texas and Oklahoma. They had a much cleaner path to the college football playoff in the Big 12 than they do now. Yes, they did. But that also shows you the priority. Exactly. Dollars over titles. The pathos of greed. So um, there's, I think, probably majority of that, to be honest, that I disagree with and I agree with. I agree with the last couple of uh, uh, points that, uh, you know, sometimes that the change is not always good for a, a program. Um, I not quite sure how it's going to be for ASU. Um, but what I will say is I definitely disagree with Dan and Vince on the thought of, oh, it it completely ruins college football. Now, it won't be the same, and I agree with him there, but, you know, the first thing Dan said in his blast was... Um, rivalries um well the biggest one for before arizona state is university arizona um i think it will breed other new rivalries uh, i honestly believe that um but your biggest one is right there boom going going right with you um i also disagree with the fact that uh you know, we should have, should have applauded at the time uh, ASU standing pat and, you know, uh, thinking that it might be best for them to stay. Um, they would probably, you know, assuming Arizona stayed with the four that are um, there, so it's like five, and then they, you know, find other okay schools it would still be the laughing stock of of a power 5 conference i don't even know if it would be considered as a power 5 conference anymore whoever they decide to bring into their conference if you know uh if they would have but you can almost guarantee asu would would be at the top of the conference um every year well that's cool but are you are you really growing in, in in any way? I don't know. I don't think so. So there's just all kinds of different things. Um, but the, I definitely hear and see the concern of 
you know, college football as we know it uh, changing. And it most certainly uh, is. Now we'll go ahead and move on to um, uh, uh, Wolf and Luke and their perspective as the day moved forward. This Friday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke show. We are in the studios, Wolf, and that's probably a good thing with everything that's going on in the pack. Let's see, 12, but really it's 10, but actually it's 9, and now it's 7, but it could be 6. Eventually, it might be the pack 1 with just ASU hanging on. Yeah, exactly. What is going on, Luke? What are you talking about? (sighs) Well... It's funny, talking in the newsroom in the pre-show meeting, boy, this just changes so much. What are we going to – we're just going to be ready for it to change. It changes every five minutes. And since our pre-show meeting, it sure sounds like Oregon and Washington are out. So I guess let's just start there. Okay. Um, Say it definitively, though, right? Oregon and Washington are leaving the Pac-12. Yes. Okay. That's – All right. It doesn't seem like that. It is, right? They're in the final stages, the big – the Big Ten is in the final stages of adding Oregon and Washington. They went to that Pac-12 meeting this morning that, I mean, <laughs> they're getting mixed messages constantly. I have to think a lot of this is posturing by certain teams. I wrote this down in my notes 20 minutes ago, Wolf, and then it obviously changed. But I was reading a story on CBS. This is how crazy this has gotten, okay? And it said uh, CBS Sports learned Thursday night that Washington had concerns over additional travel costs the athletic program would face in journeying to Big Ten locations. Those increased financial obligations could total more than $10 million per year for the university, sources said. Yes. This is how ridiculous it is. I wrote down in my notes, okay, well, you're making more than that additionally by moving to the Big Ten anyway over the Pac-12 media deal. And if I'm Washington and I'm moving to the Big Ten, it's only going to get better. The deals are only going to get better for me year over year. Right. This is all inevitable. Like, I'll, I'll reset this one final time because I know this is going to be a big topic for the show today. I love the Pac-12. I don't want it to fold. It is folding. It is folding before our very eyes right now. You have to say that. This this is going to be the trigger, right? I mean, this is it right here. It was USC and UCLA. Oh, my goodness. That put everybody on notice. But I could see where people were like, we can still have the Pac-12. We can still have the Pac-12. And then you had Colorado. Oh, the rats. <laughs> the rats of the Pac-12. Colorado scurrying. And suddenly, boom, there they go. They left the Pac-12 to go back to the Big 12. And that that was, okay, that didn't look good. That was a bad look. Mm-hmm. But I think everyone knew that, you know, you could replace them. SMU, we'll grab SMU. If That's what we'll do. If you could somehow get San Diego State, you'd still have an in in Southern California. Yes, exactly. Yeah, something. You could replace you Colorado. You could replace Colorado. Just ask Dan Lamb. But, but it was a bad look, wasn't it? It was a bad look. It put everyone on notice once again. This, this right here, Oregon. In Washington, leaving, going to the Big Ten. You could see this coming a mile away. We've been talking about it for a long time, but here it is. This, this is it, Luke. This is what's frustrating to me, though, as somebody who went to ASU. The second USC and UCLA left last summer, you and I both looked at each other in the studio and said, okay, well, Oregon's next. Now, they weren't technically next, I guess, Colorado. But either way, when Oregon leaves, the Pac-12 is done. Right. We all knew this was going to happen. 
why, and maybe some of this is conflicting reports, but why is everything we're hearing, even coming out of that Board of Regents meeting last night, why is ASU so steadfast in sticking with the Pac-12? Because it sounds like U of A is ready to go too, and that would take it down to the Pac-6. And for some reason, it appears, and we're going to talk to Chris Cartman later on the show. We're going to talk to Matt Barry. We're going to try and get to the bottom of this. It seems like ASU's like, no, we got to stick with the Pac-12. There is no Pac-12. And if there is a Pac-12, it's just going to be the Mountain West renamed as the Pac-12. Yes, yes you know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I have to talk about what has happened here with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten before I can actually get to that right now. This, this is something Oregon already let the Pac-12 know. They were on notice right now. They were because they were the ones dragging their feet in this meeting, of course. They, were the, they, they couldn't come to a consensus. Why? Because of the ducks. Why, why do you think that is? <laughs> because the ducks were already gone, and yep. they knew they were already gone. I think the U of A is very, very similar to that right now. I think the U of A knows they're gone as well, and they're going to the Big 12. They want ASU, believe it or not. I think they want ASU to come with them. And that's why the Board of Regents last night could not actually come to a vote. They didn't even vote. What are you doing? Are you kidding me? They could not even come to a resolution on, on what they're going to do. Because the U of A wants out, and I think ASU does not. So, and I think that's why they couldn't come to it. What, what other logical answer is there? That's it, but that's not a logical answer. Like, again... When I, if I say anything about ASU, in my mind, it's almost self-deprecating humor, right? Because I went there and they have all my money. Like, <laughs> I love ASU, okay? <laughs> a joke about Michael Crow a lot on the show. Michael Crow's very sharp guy, very smart guy. He's done a lot for that university. How do you call yourself number one in innovation if you're the only one sticking around a conference that's dying? Like, what is going on? Yeah, I know. That is, it's got to be hard. Right I, now. This I, is this is it, though, Oregon and Washington leaving now, right? This is, this is it. I, this is, I would is hope so. Is this what he's been waiting for? Is this what Michael Crow has been waiting for? Could we, before we get off the air today, actually get word that the U of A and ASU, they're on their way? You don't have a Power 5 conference if you don't have USC and Oregon. And, and certainly if you don't have USC, Oregon, Washington, and UCLA. Colorado, whatever, that's a number. I mean, Washington is a good school. They that are. That is a power five you school. You lose these schools. And anybody, and we're going to have a listeners-only meeting later on, too. Anybody that, that the thought is like, well, no, you can rebuild the Pac-12. You can. It will be smaller conferences just renamed as the Pac-12. Why do you want to stay in that? You know, more on this. As all, the, the, all your rivals are leaving. Right. No, you're, you're right. More on this as the show unfolds right now. What is the Big Ten doing? See, they they... they this is the only the only thing that makes sense to me is the Big Ten was not ready for this kind of exodus. They were not ready for this kind of migration. They were they were not ready for the Pac-12 to completely fold. They were not ready for it. USC and UCLA, because what really makes sense, and you know this, once again, this is what makes sense to me. You gotta have the Big Ten. Big Ten, most of the schools are are around the Great Lakes. Stop mm-hmm. and think about it. Northeast and the Great Lakes. That's the Big Ten. Now, all of a sudden, you've got to have the Big Ten West. 
in the Big Ten East. Well, yeah, there goes your, your travel concern. That's what it is. But you, why wouldn't you absorb as many Pac-12 schools as you possibly could right now and be and put it under the Big Ten umbrella? Yeah. Because what they really want to preserve is the Rose Bowl. And I know the Rose Bowl technically is going to be used in the BCS and the bowl rotation system, of course. We all understand that. But at the same time, they want to keep that alive, that West Coast schools against their their big – Ten back east. How many times have we said in the last year? And and this is what's maddening to me. Everybody saw this coming, except seemingly the Pac-12. It's just a matter of time between Oregon and Washington before they leave. Now I would say to the point you're making, it's not quite as inevitable, but it seems pretty inevitable at some point. The Big Ten's going to take Stanford and Cal too. Why wouldn't you? Right, I know. And it, this is the only reason why I'm like, what is the Big Ten doing? Now's the opportunity. Suck up as many Pac-12 schools as you possibly could and make the Big Ten East or Big Ten West. I'm sorry. The Big Ten West is what I was saying. Why wouldn't you do that and keep that alive? You got this division out west, and we've got this division right here in our conference. Uh, I And we'll keep it alive. We'll keep that alive. And these guys, these schools, the West Coast schools can play each other. That's why, and I'm now, not even every saying. Every now and then, every now and then, right, Luke? Every now and then, we'll still have a crossover game. Twice yeah. a year, you'll you'll have and that West Coast trip. That, that's why I'm wondering if there's more to this, and I don't know if it's that or something else, but it, it doesn't make any sense that ASU would be like, nope, we're staying here. We're just going to, it's just going to be us and Oregon State. Like, if you have an out, because, again, a team like Oregon, even if they turn down the Big Ten right now, they still have that out a year from now. I'm not sure ASU is going to have that out if the Big 12 is like, we have to keep adding schools because the Big Ten's getting bigger and bigger. Yes. There's a story out there that if they don't get U of A, they're going to go get UConn. Yes. If I'm U of A, I'm not allowing that to happen. UConn, look, U of A is a better football program. UConn's got five national titles. Like, you can understand why the Big 12 would you be looking that at them. Right. So if I'm U of A, I can wait for ASU only so long. So I wonder if ASU is like, hey, is the Big Ten an option? Is there something more? Is it just posturing? Something doesn't add up right now. It just doesn't. Well, you know what? Honestly, right right now, speaking of that, the how, Mal, what time did it come down about Oregon and Washington leaving? What time was that? Maybe 20 minutes ago. Okay, maybe 20 minutes maybe. ago. Okay. So right now, this is it. If this doesn't get Michael Crow to make a decision one way or the other on the U of A and actually maybe going to the Big 12 with the U of A, nothing will. This is it. <laughs> if we, if, if, we're, if we're we get to the point where ASU's like, no, we're going to stick around, somebody needs to step in for the better of the you're right. There programs. needs to be an intervention. Because it's only going to get worse year after year after correct. this if you stick around. That is correct. That is correct. Not much to comment about there. Um... And then, last but not least, uh, Burns and Gambo. Uh, they just kind of react to the news that Arizona State and Utah did indeed pl- apply for Big 12 membership. All right, let's, let's get into this. I, You know, every once in a while, I get the computer in front of me, and these videos pop up, and it's it's nature stuff. And, you know, lions attacking, and, and, I, and I alligate. <laughs> you know some, like, soccer player got eaten by an alligator today? Did you see that one? Honestly, like, some seriously, like a soccer player jumped in a lake infested with crocodiles, 
and the crocodile ate him. Well, that'll happen. He ate, like he grabbed yes. him, and his, the, his video of it, and it says, warning, warning, warning. He took the guy, and he killed him, and he started to swim away with him. Hey, like a soccer player. Blank like, around and find out. In a different yeah. country. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> to me, the, <laughs> in Pac, any country, yes. the Pac-12 <laughs> is the wildebeest. The lions are the Big Ten, and the hyenas are the Big 12 right now. Pick it off the carcass. Just pick it off the meat. The Pac-12 is the wildebeest. The Big Ten is coming in. They're taking the big chunks. I got Oregon. I got Washington. And the hyenas are coming in. And I'll take Arizona. I'll take Arizona State. Yep. I'll take a little B a little um, uh, Utah and Colorado. And uh, this is it. I mean, the news is out. It is out. Pete Dammel is reporting that ASU and Utah have applied for membership into the Big 12 Conference. So they've applied for membership. This is after Arizona had applied for membership as well. So this is this thing's going to be over real soon. This is going to be over real soon. Arizona State and Utah applied for membership. Arizona has already applied for Big 12 membership, and now the Big 12 just has to finalize this thing, and uh, and this and this is over. We already know that Oregon and Washington have said they plan to accept an invite to the Big Ten conference. They've been invited, and they are expected to join. Uh, that's a done deal from what we're hearing, and now we wait to see what happens with Arizona State, Arizona, and Utah. As I said earlier, I spoke with ASU earlier today. Uh, they they've been a little they, they played it a little slow, a little bit of a slow play with this, but they were always you know they're going to go like they're going to go. It was told earlier today. Um, it will be a three-team deal. It will be a three-team deal. Arizona's not going without us, and they're not going without Utah. So now I fully expect that that will happen and then look for a Pac-4 Mountain West type merger um, and probably the end for George Klyakov. I mean, he can't come in and say, can I be the commissioner of this league? No, no, no. No, 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 he's done. (laughs) No, I would probably be the end. I mean, all he could do now is try to make sure it's uh, like a guy leaving a company wanting to make sure that his employees are taken care of. I'm going to be leaving. I'm going to be out. I got to make sure you four have somewhere to go. I don't want to leave you hanging. Let me see if I can do something with the Mountain West and make it happen before I'm gone. No, it's done. It's, it's also, the, the Rose Bowl, as we know it, will co- will come to an end. And ASU fans will be happy that Arizona never made it. it it's ASU, ASU fans can be happy that the only program that never made a Rose Bowl was the University of Arizona. Well, they could still make it, just not in the traditional Pac-12 right. championship. That does, it doesn't count. Yes, it doesn't count. It doesn't okay. count. Also, we're, for, for ASU basketball fans and U of A basketball fans, we're, we're going to see the end of the games every Thursday and Saturday, Thursday and Saturday, Thursday and Saturday, Thursday and Saturday. You will now play randomly any pot potential day of the week. And they'll the have 12. to be you careful. You might have a game on a Tuesday or a Wednesday no, or a Friday. No, they'll have to be careful with the schedules. They'll have to cater a little bit to the student-athletes because of the tra- extra travel involved, that's, I would think. That's not the way other conferences do it. They, you play randomly. You might have a game on the road on a, on, a, on a Wednesday. You might be at home. You might be at home on a Wednesday and on yeah, a Saturday. Can you, go, can you go Tuesday, Friday on the road? Sure. That's the way other conferences do it. There's so that's no, Tuesday, no, Wednesday. Th- so you got to leave Monday. That's yeah, the whole week. That's the whole week. That's the. There's no rhyme or reason. None of this travel partner like you always are. You you play this, the 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 California schools and the, I mean the Texas schools. There's none of that crap. Uh, you just have a random schedule. Go ahead, Mitch. You can jump in. This out. So I saw a tweet the other day, and somebody suggested the idea of with all of this movement going on, and now money is funneling to players. And I'm just curious, your guys' thoughts on it. With the players ever consider unionizing as a result of everything that's been happening with college sports in the last few years? 
Well, you know, the Northwestern football players tried that a, a while ago, maybe maybe seven, eight, nine years ago, and it didn't work. Um, but that was also before they were getting paid and all these NIL deals, and now you've got these big old conferences with different schools across different parts of the country in four different time zones, even for the Big Ten. Like, you have to imagine at some point they want to stand up for their rights too. Ultimately, players becoming employees might be the best way possible for this thing to go. And, and having them unionize and become employees and get out of this NIL deal that's been kind of engulfing college sports the last couple of years, Mitch, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how that would work or where this is going. Yeah, it, it's 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 all but done. It's all but done now. Right now, it's about crossing some T's and dotting some I's. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah are going to join Colorado. They're going to go to the Big 12. I mean, these rivalries between USC and UCLA were going to be over anyway. Uh, but now you lose Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, Stanford, Cal. Um, am I missing anybody there? Because, you, you know, that's it. So so that's over. I mean, that's over. The conference was split, is going to be split in three. It's going to be split in three. You're going to have four schools in the Big Ten, four schools in the Big 12, and four schools likely to merge with the Mountain West. That's what's likely going to happen, but who knows? I mean, Klyakov may screw that up, too, somehow. But that's all he can do right now. He is an outgoing guy. He's not. He's going to be out of a job. He, the only thing he can do is say, on my way out, let me see if I can take care of someone. It's like a boss leaving and trying to make sure, and the, the, the office is closing, and he wants to make sure you have a job and you get to go somewhere because he cares about you as an employee. So his only thing that he could do is try to make sure that Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, and Cal have somewhere to go. Now, could any of them go independent? Maybe. Well, let's keep an could eye on Stanford. Could they independent? Yeah, Stanford. Yeah. St- I mean, or, uh, Oregon State and Washington State, nice fits in the Mountain West. Stanford's not going to be. They're not going to want to be in the Mountain West. I'm telling you right now, that is, that is, that is academically and athletically beneath them. I, I, to be I, in the I, Mountain West, yeah. Then they could go. That's yeah. I mentioned it. They could go independent. They could go independent. They could. They could fancy themselves like the West Coast version of Notre Dame. Um, athletically and academically, even though the football team has hit a rough patch the last four or five years. Yeah. Well, um, Cal's, just, Cal's got high academic standards too, don't they? They, they do. Uh, uh, yeah, Cal Berkeley, obviously. Yeah. Um, that it's going to be interesting to see if they if they if they actually go to the Mountain West. Risky I, territory to be in if you're an independent. You're a you're a Notre Dame fan. You've got history and tradition. Risky. Yeah. Yeah. Stanford. Yeah. That'll be a lot. It'll be a lot more difficult for Stanford to do that. But boy. Stanford in the Mountain West, ay, ay, ay. yeah. But it, but but you know, lesser of two evils, they might have no choice. But they are not going to want to do that. No, I don't even know what the Mountain West annual payout is. I'd have to look at their TV contract to try to find out. But they might that, they might come banging on the door of the Big Ten. Like just take us and Cal. We'll come. We'll come for thirty. Just give them. A, it doesn't seem like they want them. They would want them academically. The Big Ten would. They would, they would, you know, they 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 would love to have Stanford. Believe me, they would, they would academically. Yes, but it doesn't look like they want to go to twenty. Of course, I don't know that they want to go to twenty schools. So listen, teams are going, programs are going to get left behind here. Yeah, programs are going uh, I know. to get left behind. And say how how smart does San Diego State look? They looked stupid for a little while, right? Crawling back to the Mountain West, they were going to jump to the Pac-12. Listen, even if San Diego State came. 
this stuff would still be happening, okay? If San Diego State had come, it wouldn't have saved the conference. No, but if the Cleo only thing that could have saved the conference is a year ago, a, a year month ago. after UCLA and USC left, Klyakov got yeah. a, kind of what the Big 12 did. Oh, we're losing in Texas and Oklahoma. Let's add BYU. Let's add Cincinnati. They added. Let's they, get a deal done. Let's get a deal done. Boom, deal done. Right. Everybody's good. Right. They added. They added right away. They didn't like wait years. Klyakov. Look at I, I, this guy. He blew this thing. He messed this thing up so badly. He should have acted immediately yes. when UCLA and USC lost. Instead, he tried to fight UCLA on leaving. He tried to look for all these loopholes to keep him to get him to stay. In the end, he should have just expanded. Then, then maybe you'd have a more st a stable conference. You know, people would be looking at okay, we're losing UCLA and USC, but we're adding four programs. We're adding four programs. We got four programs coming in. I don't know if it would have been enough to keep everybody to stay, but it would have been better than sitting on your hands and doing nothing for 13 months. Listen, Larry Scott, Klyovkov, and the people that enabled Wait, who was worse? The people that enabled him, including our guy right here in, in Arizona State, Michael Crow, it's all going to make for one hell of a 30 for 30 someday. The fall of the Pac-12 and who's all to blame and how it all went down. It's going to be fascinating because a lot of hands are dirty. And it's a, we're, 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 while everybody is excited, Arizona State has a place to play now and has a home and has stability. Let's let's not kid ourselves. It's still a sad day that the Pac-12 is disintegrated before our very eyes, and there's a lot of people to blame. I think Will and Nicole, a lot of people that make it happen. I think Will Nicole, the DefCon one for those four schools: Stanford, Cal, Washington State, and Oregon State. I kind of give it up for Tim Ring there at the end. Uh, you know, actually throwing out where the proper blame is. And then uh, Gambo kind of mentioning uh, something that, that I hadn't even thought about is uh, George Kliakov is basically uh, on his on his way out. I, you know, there's been no reports uh, on that. Um, but you would have to think there's no way that uh, he's – He's still in charge of the conference. I mean, they, you know, a lot of the blame will go on him. Everybody else, they can, you know, blame his, well, at least one part of it. person you can blame is he's not even in charge anymore. Um, and you're not going to, you know, expect a major change out of one president in Michael Crow. So... It's definitely an interesting thought. Um, uh, I, I I can't ever remember how to pronounce the last name here, but Arizona Cardinals linebacker Kyle uh, Soleil uh, talks uh, about the fact that his alma mater ASU is a uh, or is and will rather will be a member of the Big Twelve. How are we doing today, good sir? I mentioned you're here with Steve as well. Thanks so much for taking some time before the red and white practice today. Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. So what have you taken away so far in your first NFL training camp? Just one big thing or many little things? One big thing? Um, I don't know. It's kind of a combination of a bunch of little things, but, uh, you know, it's definitely a different game. Um, a lot more mental. Um you know, but at the end of the day, it's still playing football, and, you know, you just got to enjoy having fun with it every day. 
So Kyle, something about the Arizona Cardinals that I think they've done very well in the past is they bring in a lot of local guys, a lot of local talent. We've seen Eno Benjamin in the past, an ASU running back. Uh, we've seen a lot of Saguaro guys like yourself, you know, DJ Foster, Christian Kirk, Byron Murphy. Um, we've seen other local guys from other universities in the state get opportunities with the Cardinals. Why do you think that pipeline has existed with the Cardinals, and do they do a good job of that in your eyes? Yeah, I don't know why the pipeline really exists, but, you know, I do think they do a great job in, you know, picking picking homegrown talent, um, people that, you know, know how to play football at a high level. And uh, I'm just hoping to follow in those footsteps and, you know, just know my role and, uh, you know, eventually make my way into a spot on this team. How exciting is it to be to get this opportunity with your hometown team? Very exciting. And I, I've said before, you know, this is a dream come true for a hometown kid, you know, who want want to play for their uh, hometown team. Um, you know, I was a Cardinals fan growing up, so this is a this is a dream come true and a great opportunity. Did you go to a lot of Cardinals games? I didn't go to too many Cardinals games, to be honest. Um, I think just the drive for the family was the biggest thing for me, you know, growing up down in Scottsdale. But um, I was at a lot of Arizona State, but you best believe I was watching them on Sundays. Uh, tell me about draft day, draft weekend, of course, getting undrafted by your hometown team. But I have to imagine for you, you were at least conscious of the idea that there's a possibility that could go day two, day three, but then when it didn't happen, but after you got that call, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, you know, that uh, those three days were just, you know, you, you never know, really know what's going to happen. Um, it's out of your control. I was just confident that I put in all the work that I can possibly do, and the rest was in God's hands. And, you know, this was the opportunity that came up, and I'm thankful for it. And just trying to stack every day um, and enjoy the process and just have fun with it, really. Kyle, you're an inside linebacker. It's a position that the Cardinals have addressed in the first round of the draft a couple of different times. But now with the new front office and some position changes, Zayvon Collins moves to pass rusher, uh, Isaiah Simmons moving to safety, it appears. There seems to be a need for inside linebackers. Is that going to help you in your pursuit of a roster spot? I mean, when you say it like that, I, I would think it would help me. Um, honestly, I'm just, you know, trying to have an open mind with everything and, like I said, make my way onto this team any way I can and just find my role and just be a help, help the team win in any way that I can, um, whether it be special teams, defense, whatever it is, you know, I'm, I'm there to help. I want to ask you about your uh, finals, and Kyle Soley, rookie linebacker for the Cardinals, joining us here on Arizona Sports Saturday. I want to ask you about your final season at ASU and how important it was for you to not only go back for that fifth season, but to make the impact that you did as a third-year captain. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, it didn't end the way that, you know, we would have wanted to, but um, I had a blast out there with my brothers, you know, and, and uh, you know, the Sun Devil brothers, they're grinding down there right now in their fall camp, and, uh, you know, it was a great experience. Um, unfortunately, didn't leave the way I, I would like to, um, but it, it was still a great experience. I'm looking forward to the future for, you know, Arizona State football. Speaking of Arizona State football, it looks like ASU is going to be heading to the Big 12. As a three-year captain in the Pac-12 with that team, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, you know, to see a new conference logo on the jersey, but um, I have confidence that, you know, the administration and the leaders over at Arizona State are going to make the right uh, decision for the future of the program. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what that holds. Um, honestly, NCAA and just, you know, athletics in general in that space is just – who knows what's going to happen tomorrow, right? Uh, so it's going to be interesting to watch from the outside. Hey, Kyle, we know you got to run and get ready for today's practice, but thanks so much for carving out a few minutes for us. We really appreciate it, all right? Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Thank thanks, you. Kyle. All right. Eh, I wish they were going to have a little bit more on that, that, but it was kind of, you know, good to hear a little little bit of both ASU and Cardinals with uh, Kyle Soley. Um, and then last but not least, 
you know, let's get deep into the weeds uh, of, uh, you know, what what uh, Michael Crow and, and uh, Ray Anderson, their thoughts on the move to the Big 12. Um, to Or the move for Oregon in Washington, the Big 12, and and uh are the big 10 and then and their move to the big 12 excuse me just just the whole alignment thing <laughs> that's what i was trying to say since we've uh, gathered isn't it doug you want to get Guys, started questions uh questions for uh, dr crow and ray go ahead dr crow when Colorado decided to leave the conference. Was that already a warning sign of sorts of what the media deal of the Pac-12 was or was not going to be? There are a lot of forces at work, including the overlords of the media empires that are out there that were driving a lot of this. And so the Colorado departure was really an indication of the fact that there was great instability in the media market and it created an in unstable moment. Yes. You know, uh, kind of an interesting way to answer that question using all the big mumbo jumbo but basically is what he's saying is that everything was was media driven but here's the you know here's the thing is media driven as far as you know that and then the 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 um um media market specifically like who's you know the the media rights deal, and the um, the deal is that they they themselves they they as in the the Pac twelve the Big Twelve, you know they they control all that. So it's not like the media controlling all that. It's they do. So it's, it's interesting that he answered that way. It's kind of um didn't really make make much sense but hey that's what what happens sometimes when you're a president of a, a great um academic um college but you destroy everything you touch athletically can you walk us through dr code the last several days from your vantage point what happened monday tuesday wednesday thursday lots of energy drinks <laughs> So what's, what's been going on is that uh, uh, a number of us, including me, as some of you uh, report, uh, have been strongly committed to the maintenance of the Pac-12 conference as a thing. A West Coast conference of schools that have been around for over 100 years, playing together in a regional environment, committed to similar objectives about student-athlete uh, uh, success and so forth and so on. And so along the way, what has happened uh, the last few days is that uh, we were offered a media contract by the Apple Corporation, which is a technological 23rd century Star Trek thing of really unbelievable capability that we were very interested in, ASU was very interested in. Digitization of all ASU football games, all men's basketball games, and all women's basketball games instantly. Available anywhere in the world at a touch of the button from any device, anywhere. Digitally then manipulable by the watcher both during the game and between games and between multiple games at the same time, as well as usable by athletes for recruitment and so forth and so on after the games as an archived thing. So we thought that there was uh, some risk but huge opportunity. So several of the schools were uh, committed to that, but it created another destabilizing moment of sort of tradition versus versus this, this modern thing. So a lot of back and forth. The, uh, 
PAC-12 uh, uh, council, the CEOs, the presidents and the chancellors met many times during the week uh, with a pivotal meeting yesterday that led to uh, ASU and others uh, joining the, uh, the Big 12. And was it primarily the financial disparity between on the revenue and the meteorite revenue between the Big 12 and the PAC-12 that was the exciting thing? No. Uh, and so it's often the case in the media that the media thinks that the measurement of the success of our program is the media contract and the share per school. Well, the media contract is a fraction of our revenue relative to ASU athletics, even relative to football athletics and other athletics. And so we've got lots of revenue sources. We were very interested at ASU on finding a way to connect to more people uh, and, and so forth. But we have to be in a viable conference to do that. And once uh, Oregon and Washington decided to go to the uh, Big Ten, the conference was no longer viable. And so viability meant you can't be un you can't be in a non-viable position for more than a few hours in our mind. So we resolved that. So was the Yesterday morning at 7 a.m. was another call meeting of the uh, Pac-12 presidents, and some schools didn't show up, so you might know that then, therefore, the conference is no longer viable. Can you say how many didn't show up? Two. How much responsibility do you feel for the destruction of the Pac-12, or do you feel like it was ripped from you by other people? Well, that's an interesting question, and so... so. How do we feel about the destruction of the Pac-12 and what do we feel about our responsibility for that? We were the stalwarts fighting for the Pac-12 until the last ditch, I'm telling you. I, I can reiterate that the destruction of the Pac-12 is a, is a very bad description. We had nothing to do with it. We were trying to save it and stay in the trenches as long as we could until it became clear that it was no longer in our control. So, I take offense, very frankly, to the question, but I hope you get your answer. We were there to the last moment, and it became clear that in the best interest of ASU and our student athletes, it was time to make a decision affirmatively and move. So at that, at that moment, just to be clear, so there was no media option at that moment. So the media option, which we preferred, uh, was to go in a new technological trajectory where individual athletes and recruits and families could engage and fans could engage anywhere, anytime. Especially younger people coming up, it's a whole new world about television. Cable television's going in different kinds of directions. And so, uh, you know, you have two teams not present and no media contract, you got to act. That was uh, Doug Franz of WTSMTV.com and uh, the Doug Franz Unplugged podcast asking that uh, rather pretty straightforward and, and, and tough question. And the question of being, you know, what what do you feel about, how do you feel about the destruction of, of the Pac-12? And um, do you feel that that you had any part in it or that, that it was taken from you? And obviously Michael Crow and Ray Anderson were, were not happy with the well, wording of the question, but um, they must think that, you know, that we don't, you know, that we're stupid to think that the Pac-12 is, it's done. <laughs> and Rand said, ah, I, you know, I, I would not say that it, that's done. Why not, Mr. Anderson? It, it's it's done. You You have four schools left. Nobody wants those schools. It's done. So, and but I do agree with Michael Crow. He said, "Well, the best 
thing for a- ASU to do is is to move on. Um, and uh, and which is true. Um, and, and you can definitely tell that the, you know they didn't never never wanted to. Um, but it was the right decision, and I mean, me personally, something I said a while ago that they should should not wait. Something I've been saying actually for at least a a year or so of of this show, saying hey they they should they should leave because the Pac-12 is is going nowhere fast. Uh, it's a very unfortunate, very very unfortunate. Um, and, uh, the, you know, Apple deal, um, because of the way television is going in, in, you know, five years from now, it could most certainly be the, the better deal, better than any other media rights deal than anybody else, uh, could offer. But right now it's definitely not. And a large portion of that is because of what Michael Crow said that the Pac-12 is n- not a you know stable conference anymore. Um, so some points that he they said that I disagree with, and I I feel like they're oblivious to the fact that it's destroyed. But um, some of the other things that I just mentioned, I I do agree with. Can you discuss some of the benefits that you feel the Big 12 will bring you guys? The fantastic thing about the Big 12, and I'll let, I'll let uh, Ray comment on this, is uh, unbelievable athletic competition uh, with uh, concentrations of uh, uh, athletes in Texas and Oklahoma and uh, Utah and other places where we can uh, uh, have great connections in a regional area. So we see it as a regional conference with a couple of exceptions. We see it as valuable from a competitive perspective. We are, we are being admitted as a full founding member, as the original eight of the Big Eight. I'm a former Big Eight athlete. I was a javelin thrower at Iowa State. I went to all those schools, Stillwater, Manhattan, Lawrence, all those places back when Missouri was in and Nebraska was in, Boulder was in by bus. I mean, every, all athletes traveled by bus 50 years ago. But, but uh, we are a full member. Uh, all the Pac-12 schools going in are coming in as full members of the AAU. We were just elected to the AAU, the elite research universities of the United States, and so there's only one other AAU member, this from an academic perspective. So the four new schools going in, it's, it's an exciting moment for the Big 12, it's an exciting moment for us athletically. There's no question, our, our biggest concern from day one with all of this, particularly when it became clear that we had to explore options, was what was in the best interest of the health and welfare of our student athletes. And then talk about that relative to other options yeah, we had. Because the other options would have taken us uh, across country uh, in, on trips that we uh, think. Uh, I also went. I also went there. to Syracuse. And what did you say? I'm not going to say publicly what I said about <laughs> Syracuse. Although I wasn't excited about taking our soccer team to Syracuse uh, in the middle of uh, fall season if we were going to go to the ACC. He's so, afraid of the cold. Yeah. So it, it made a lot more sense for the student athlete experience uh, and competitive uh, to get into the Big 12. Uh, you know, preserve BYU, Utah. Uh, Colorado, and then get a chance to go into that Texas market uh, where we got four uh, new universities. We recruit down there, and uh, I think Kenny in particular has shown that he can recruit down there. And now it's even more uh, in our bailiwick. Uh, 
so from the student athlete experience competitively, and it's just, just it's not about football. And so when you think about the other sports, uh, think about the other sports and how much more efficient and very frankly, competitively, how much better it's going to be. Very honestly, with USC and UCLA gone and Washington and Oregon, that wasn't a tough decision in terms of what was best for our student athletes, in my view. So when, when, well, just when I when I met yesterday for the first time in the first discussion that we had with the Big 12, which was 10:30 yesterday morning, with the commissioner and three of the presidents, the President of Baylor, the President of Iowa State, and the President of Kansas, the uh, uh, focus was on how to build a solid, tradition-based, uh, uh, sports-focused, athlete-success-focused conference of many, many schools. This is all new. The conferences all used to be small, eight schools. The, the, Pac-8 was the pack before that, and only four schools. And so now we're going into more and more and more. So we were focused on how do we make this work for our athletes? How do we make this work? And sort of the question about is this all driven by resources? If it was all driven by resources, we wouldn't be in this business uh, because uh, uh, there aren't enough resources coming to us from all the things that we're doing to cover all of our costs in athletics because we have many, many, many sports that are very expensive and generate no revenue. So all the focus, though, is on the revenue sports, men's basketball and football. We, all, we have a new revenue sport, hockey. We have a semi-revenue sport, baseball. <laughs> Growing. Growing. What's the future of the Rose Bowl? That's a, that's a conundrum because the Rose Bowl, not as a facility, but as an event, is owned by the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. And so you might consider asking even people in the media, media business, why did they not want that to be maintained? Dr. Crow, when you said that you're a full member, does that mean a full media yeah. share? Yeah. Dr. Crow, is there any scenario in which had Washington and Oregon remained committed to signing a grant of rights for the fact that Arizona and ASU would have split up? No. Why do you elaborate on that? Well, one, Arizona and Arizona State decided we wouldn't split up under any circumstances. So you can ask President Robbins about that. But we believe that we're. Uh, Strange fraternal twin, twins. And, and at, at what point? At what point would you say that that was determined? Before we went into anything, any uncertainty, we were we were we were together. Dave Hickey and I have been talking about staying together since the first time they thought that there would be additional defections from the from the conference after UCLA and USC. I've, I've spoken to President Robbins a hundred times in the last ten days. What would you say to fans, alumni, who are kind of eulogizing the pack and saying this is regionality dying and, and kind of killing the spirit of college sports in that respect? I share that view. <laughs> and so we're moving to a slightly bigger region. And so, uh, you know, what we want to do, if we're going to take our players over here, our student athletes over here, we want, to, we want their academic, athletic lives to be as successful as possible. And we have to find a way to do that. And this is the way that we have to go. But I mean, I, there, there are some big, huge issues relative to the design of college sports right now. And then, Ray, when you talk about, I mean, obviously the Olympic sports, I know scheduling for football, basketball, and women's, but the other Olympic sports, I mean, are there going to be, I don't want to say a limit, but like for the schools that are farther away, whether it's Florida or West Virginia, like divisions. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to try to, in the Olympic sports, go to divisions and probably do that in football as well. Uh, for, Travel and regionalization still makes sense, but it really makes sense for the Olympic sports. Uh, and so you might imagine our selfish interest is that if that keeps us 
with the game. We're not giving you a remote office in Morgantown. Yeah, I promise I'm not going to Morgantown. <laughs> I'm going to sign that to Gene, Gene Boyd. He can go to Morgantown. <laughs> but send me to Texas and uh, the rivalry with Arizona and, and, and start a new one with BYU and Utah and Colorado. Yeah. That's where a lot of our Olympics So So look, look at where we are. So we have two schools in Utah, two schools in Arizona. We have the Colorado. Uh, and then we've got the schools in Texas. I mean, that's a quite quite a nice little group of schools right there. So I don't know how that's going to end up, but that's a nice little regional group of schools. Did you guys ever think of any other conference? I think you kind of referred to that before. Was there ever any thought or talk of any other conference? You, you can imagine the that there was talk about everything. Ivy League turned us down. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we, we really fought hard, but you know, I came from the Ivy League. So, so I, and I went to law school at Harvard, so we thought maybe it makes sense. I was a professor at Columbia, and he was a Harvard Law graduate, so we used every kind of influence and they said they said no but it's a fair question certainly over the course of all these months uh, you have to uh, understand that you got to examine all the options uh, and so we have at least at some level conversations with you name the conference there, there 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 are lots of people trying to figure this out but everybody's trying to figure it out from slightly different views so florida state apparently is out you know thinking can they build a privately funded college football network error when was the anything else? Yeah. How significant are the travel costs going to be uh, compared to what they they have been in the past? To be determined. To be determined. Uh, uh, there's still a lot of work to be done. Buses uh, are good. Yeah, buses are good. But in my mind, I'm thinking uh, Texas or Oregon State or Pullman, Washington. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, Oregon or even Seattle. Uh, I think there's some uh, potential cost savings to be had depending on how you put it all together. That's going to be in everyone's interest. No university wants to spend unnecessary money or have people travel extra hours or days to get back and forth to games. And so regionality then gets redesigned in these super conferences like the Big Ten and the Big 12 and the SEC. I know you guys have enough on your plate, but any idea about Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, and Cal and their futures? Fantastic athletic programs at all four of those schools. I mean, Oregon State and Washington State punch above their weight. I mean, it's unbelievable. Oregon State's ranked in the top 25. And, football going into this season. Stanford is the winningest athletic school in the history of the United States across all disciplines. Ray was a Stanford athlete in two sports, varsity lettered in two sports. Um, uh, we don't know. I mean, uh, we're very interested in being helpful in any way that we can. A lot of Big 12 schools have similar revenue, at least publicly reported, yep. and, but much fewer sports. So what do you think about that, Ray? The challenges yeah, Ray, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, well, we didn't get into this business of adding sports to cut sports. At least I did not. Uh, and so uh, we have every intention uh, to continue all of our sports in the Big 12. Uh, and remember, all of our sports are sponsored in the Pac-12. So, for instance, in water polo, we got Indiana as part of the conference and that plays in the Big 12. So we'll pick and choose our, our spots, but all of our student athletes will be able to play. And very frankly, uh, some folks say, are you going to continue to play uh, the teams in the uh, remaining in the Pac-12, USC, UCLA, Hopefully. Cal, Stanford? Absolutely. Absolutely. Particularly in the Olympic sports. Because uh, that, that's, that's a great experience and the student athlete welfare is also a big factor. So uh, There's a lot of really competitive teams in California. We're interested in playing all of them. You know, UC Davis, and UC Irvine, and other schools that are up and coming, and the state college like Long Beach State, the, the uh, dirtbags over there, all the, all those, those folks are really on the rise. So. But the Big 12 sponsors 23 varsity sports. 
So uh, I think for us, we volleyball and lacrosse in hockey, but nowhere in the hockey. We're in a new conference in hockey. Yeah, we're in a new conference in, in hockey, as you know, so we're good there. But uh, Pac-12 doesn't sponsor all the sports. And when we added women's lacrosse, we added the 16 to make them a championship level quali uh, qualifying uh, league. We'll do that in lacrosse and beach volleyball, wherever we have to. Our student-athletes will have a really good experience, uh, and this will not detract from In fact, I can tell you, as we've talked to our coaches, a number of them particularly, uh, and the Olympic sports, they couldn't be more pleased. Bobby Hurley couldn't be more pleased. Kenny couldn't be more pleased. Uh, our volleyball coach couldn't be more pleased. Our wrestling coach couldn't be more pleased. Our golfing coaches couldn't be more pleased, and on and on. This was a good move in terms of the Olympic sports, and we, we're looking forward to it. Everybody good? A lot mentioned there, of course, and uh, it was it it was good, definitely good. Um, and I, I say again, I hope you um, agree with my my choice to um, to do what I did, and uh, um, you know, it it, it yeah, you know, like I said well over an hour just in this and to add the other topics i was going to add it, it would have been uh, quite a bit of a long long show and i just 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 didn't want to do that and i felt like there was so much to get to on this alone that that it was it was worth kind of doing on its own um especially since it's such huge news you know so uh, that was my that was my thought and so if you have your thoughts on this whole deal of ASU, U of A, Utah, Colorado moving to the Big 12 and uh, Ute, uh, 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 Oregon and, and Washington moving to the Big 10 and the other four remaining schools uh, not having any, uh, a, ho uh, a home to uh, move to or a new home to move to or what they're going to do. you have any thoughts on any of it? You can email me, BigSkySportsTalk at gmail.com, BigSkySportsTalk at gmail.com. Shoot me a direct message on Facebook or Instagram at BigSkySportsTalk. Comment on something. Shoot me. You you know, find a way to shoot a message uh, on um, uh, YouTube or TikTok. Um, comment on the video. Like, share, comment, whatever you want to do. Uh, feel free to do so. There's plenty of uh, opportunities to listen to the show. It's Spotify, Apple, Google, Audible, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. We are available just about everywhere and anywhere. Um, super easy to find the show and, and listen to it. Um, hit that bell notification if you don't mind. So that way you're notified about each show. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's very simple. Very simple things. I hope you guys... Uh, have a have a good day, and I I will likely, like I said, get you caught up on everything else that that again I decided not to do um, for uh, for this show. Might do one another show a little bit later on uh, this evening. So I appreciate it. Until next time, thanks.